Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that his younger brother? It's gonna be Jeff. The cream rise to the top for you. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. He told separately from LJ. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional <laughs> wrestling. Hey, welcome to episode 235 of the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Longest running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today. Sitting alongside next to me is my real life brother, not storyline brother, Scott. Scott, say hello. Hello. Scott, what's going on over there, man? It is another beautiful day. The home remodel is in full effect. I have bang coursing through my veins. I believe the flavor today was peach mango, one of my all-time favorites. And aside from that, dude, just things are going great. Although I will say, two nights ago, I had the weirdest dream. Oh, please go in depth. So I went into a store. Now, this wasn't just any store. The store was three stories, three levels, if you will. But it was three different levels of three different stores. So the first level was Target-like. It wasn't as... I don't want to say rundown or trashy as Walmart, but it wasn't as rundown and trashy as Walmart, but it, (laughs) it wasn't as high end as target either. Not to say that targets high end, but in terms of big box stores, you have Walmart and then you have target. This was somewhere in between the two. And I specifically went to the bottom level looking for wrestling figures. Then I took the escalator up to the second floor, which on the second floor was more like Macy's. It was more of like a department store or for you OGs along the lines of like Emporium Capwells from back in the day. Oh, Jesus. And no, he wasn't there. Oh, I thought that was on the third floor. (laughs) No, he wasn't on third floor either. (laughs) And so the second floor was more department store like or like Macy's, Emporium Capwells, JCPenney. Think that sort of, of store. And on that level, I wasn't looking for wrestling figures, Jeff. I was looking for starting lineup figures. Don't know why. And then I took the escalator to the third floor. And the third floor was more like Bass Pro Shops, like hunting and fishing stuff. Think like Traders, that gun store that was in San Leandro way back in the day that dad always went to. Because our dad's an avid duck hunter, has been pretty much his entire life and certainly our entire lives. But he used to go to this gun store back in the day, and it was the most boring thing ever because Jeff and I aren't into that. It's not our thing. I am into G.I. Joe's, but not real guns. Um, But he'd take us back there or into that store back in the day. He knew the owner. We'd spend hours in there. And so we'd just walk around, look at hunting and fishing stuff, whatever. But that's what the third floor was. And obviously that floor, I was hunting G.I. Joe's. But here's the problem with the dream. Every time I hit any of the floors... I'd find something that I wanted. Now, I can't remember anything except for on the second floor that I was specifically grabbing. I remember on the second floor, I went to grab a Tom Brady starting lineup figure because he was in his Tampa Bay Bucks uniform. And this annoying little kid kept running in front of me and snatching the figures off of the peg before I could grab it. And I was really starting to hate this kid. So psychologist me runs in and is like, okay, who's the kid? Well, the kid is me at Toys R Us after mom got in the car accident snatching SD Jones out of the dude's hand and running around the corner and hiding until he left. (laughs) 
That's me doing a little psychology work on my own dream. The first floor, I can't remember which wrestling figure he grabbed in front of me, but he snatched one out of my grasp on the first floor. I go to the second floor. I see the Tom Brady uh, starting lineup Tampa Bay Bucks figure sitting there. He snatches that one. Then I go to the third floor. And by this point, I'm ready for this kid. And I'm like, I don't care that he's a kid. I don't remember how old he was. Doesn't matter. I was going to kick his ass because this kid was going to (laughs) stop snatching my toys. I'm on the third floor. I'm waiting for the kid. All of a sudden, I realize I'm breathing weird. And it sounds like I'm snoring. And then I wake up and realize that I'm snoring like a mofo. And I asked Shannon when she got up later, I was like, hey, was I hella snoring? And she's like, oh my gosh, it was so bad. (laughs) So I'm shopping, I'm grabbing retro figures, but then I'm breathing weird on the third floor. And I realized that I am like really sucking down air and I am snoring like a madman. And that's what woke me up. That was the end of my dream. But aside from that, it's been a great week so far. Well, at least you weren't peeing in your dream. Very true. Very, very true. I was not peeing or going number two because that would be awful. If you ever have a dream and you start doing either of those things, stop immediately, wake yourself up, do what you have to do, get to the restroom. I have lemon drop going through me. I was able to find lemon drop at a local liquor store yesterday. So that made me happy, dude, because I haven't had a lemon drop in a long time. Bang energy drink, I should say. Lemon drop is awesome. Oh, definitely top five, 100%. But they're coming out with all these new flavors, dude. People are finding radical skedaddle. That Breaker and Bane both said it tasted like Skittles. Yes. So I want to find that one. They've got some new strawberry ones. Oh, dude, I'm all over this. I'm here for this. And then there was another one called like Purple Kittles. And there's a strawberry one that's like American flag inspired cans or something like that. I'm like, oh, man, all these new summer flavors. Haven't found them yet. But, dude, I can't wait. Especially the Skittles flavor. I'm all about that one. You can get any of our shirts from Pro Wrestling Tees or whatamaneuver.net and we have two new designs that went up we have the national fig life association that has a silhouette of a very popular ljn figure you guys might recognize that you can find that at whatamaneuver.net and we also have the major league baseball one of scott and i in our infamous pose that we kind of borrowed from the super smash brothers you guys can purchase that one that's in an mlb logo style shirt great job on those scott that was all your idea you know it's it's an idea but the man that made that happen jeff is jason wolf give him a follow on twitter at jason wlf check out what a maneuver for all of our shirts he's done a major chunk of those if you're impressed with the artwork hit him up he is the man and all shirt sales from pro wrestling tees or whatamaneuver.net, go to Rain. Scott, why don't you plug Rain? Yes, Jeff, as you said, for the month of July, all proceeds from our shirt sales from whatamaneuver.net. Now, this is Jeff and my proceeds from the shirts that are purchased. All of those proceeds, 100%, are going to go to Rain. That's R A I N N dot org. And Rain is the nation's largest anti sexual violence organization. And again, all proceeds that Jeff and I get from shirt sales for the month of July will be donated to rain.org. That's R-A-I-N-N dot O-R-G if you are looking for more information on that. You can go back and listen to any of our past podcasts on fullyposablepodcast.com. Download that Podbean app if you are on the go. Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Please rate and review on iTunes. Scott, this one it comes in from John John 4183 
He says, amazing content. Gave us sweet five stars. He says, Jeff and Scott never cease to amaze me with the quality of their content. You can tell they truly enjoy what they do. Two brothers and two amazing friends. Love these guys. Make sure you subscribe. Couldn't be more proud of you two. Thank you, John. John, that means a lot, man. Thank you so much for the kind words, and we truly appreciate the review. Absolutely. And if you guys would like to put in a iTunes review, that would be greatly appreciated. Five stars is always, always appreciated by Scott and myself. You can send in any audio questions, questions, or anything else at all to fullyposablewfp at gmail.com. Scott, why don't you hit up our buddies from FOCO? Jeff. Yes. If you cut me off this week, I'm going to punch you. I'm just warning you ahead of the read. You interrupt me, you get punched. Very simple. Are we clear? I I get power punch. (laughs) Sorry, I'm still thinking of bangs. Go for it. Dude, if you had a bang at 6 p.m., you wouldn't fall asleep until like next Thursday when we recorded. (laughs) More than likely, yes. Jeff. Yes. Do you want to prove you're the undisputed world heavyweight champion of WWE fandom? Of course you do. And FOCO.com is here to help. With FOCO's WWE bobbleheads, you can visit Suplex City with Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman, let in the fiend Bray Wyatt, and break some glass with Stone Cold Steve Austin. FOCO's line of WWE bobbleheads includes all your favorite superstars and legends from then, now, and forever, including Becky Lynch, The Rock, Ric Flair, John Cena, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, Ronda Rousey, Andre the Giant, and more. By the way, Jeff, that more includes Hulk Hogan and The Undertaker now. These bobbleheads from Boko are handcrafted and hand-painted to depict the biggest names in sports entertainment, making them must-haves for fans and collectors alike. Don't miss out on these awesome collectibles. Head to Foco.com now. That's Foco.com. Jeff, one more time just for you. That's F-O-C-O.com where... At checkout, use code WFP10. Save yourself a sweet 10% off everything in your cart. Again, head on over foco.com. That's foco.com. Load up your cart. Check out. Use code WFP10. Save yourself 10%. They've got some great stuff over there. Foco.com, WFP10. Scott, I didn't put this in the notes. Usually I do. But I have an omission this week, and this comes on my end. And this was something that I caught last week. Are you so embarrassed? I actually am. This isn't an omission. This is an apology. Oh. So last week when I was talking about One Fig Community, I left out the listeners. And I left out the people that pound the pavement to go to Walmart, to Target, to whatever store they're going to, to pick up wrestling figures. And for me to leave the listeners, the people hitting the pavement, the people picking up figures for other people in the community, looking out for one another, that was a huge omission on my part. And it's actually an apology from me to everyone out there because you guys are just as big as a part of it as the podcast, the figure photographers, the customizers, the groups on Facebook. You guys are just as big because without you guys purchasing these figures, there is no Mattel, Jazzwares, FTC, Super 7, Boss Fight. From me to everyone out there, I apologize. Scott, did you do any finger poke doom or toy spotting? Uh, I, you know what, dude? This is one of the first weeks, I think, since I've been in quarantine that I didn't do 
any toy spotting, not even like looking online toy spotting at all. I have been so wrapped up and I, I'm, I'm not going to keep mentioning it. It's, it's the remodel. It's been like literally all consuming from the moment I wake up to the moment I close my eyes at night. It is all consuming, dude. And it's going to be that way for the next week or two. That's where all of my focus has been. So what was great to kind of piggyback off of your toy spotting question is when you posted those pics that mom gave you from Christmas from I don't even know when, like 84, 85, 86, somewhere in that neighborhood because it kind of pulled me out of remodel mode and took me to nostalgia mode because all of those great lines from the 80s were represented in those pictures. There's even more than what you shared with the listeners too. All of the great lines are represented in there. You had A-Team tennis shoes. You had superpower figures, G.I. Joes, that old... um, the it was almost like a big monster truck called the animal that had like claws that came out of the tires that was shown in those pictures our fat cat was shown in the pictures you showed off some of my armpit hair that was sexy so <laughs> so much going on in those pictures dude it really took me back and just seeing all those old toys somebody had commented on um on those pictures and they said hey do you want to go through time jump through that photo and scream at yourself, don't open that. I don't know that I would have necessarily jumped through and said, don't open that. It would have been more, hey, I know you're going to open that. You're going to love it and value it and possibly talk about it on a podcast one day. Just keep track of it (laughs) and take better care of it. I think that's what I would have told my 1985 self that's sitting in front of the G.I. Joe Killer Whale Hovercraft I looked at that picture, which by the way, that is my favorite G.I. Joe vehicle of all time that I owned. And let me preface that I owned because the aircraft carrier is above and beyond any playset that ever existed. It's the best of all time. So I can't say it's my favorite Joe vehicle, but it's the favorite one that I owned. Loved the hovercraft. I definitely would have told 85 self, hey, take care of that. Showed a little extra love, but... I will say one of my favorite memories with that toy, mom got me, picked me up from school, picked both of us up from school, I think, early. It was the end of the year. I think we got out at like noon. And it was, so it was end of the fifth grade school year. She came and she picked us up from school. We didn't have to sit in daycare or anything. She got off early from work, came and picked us up, took us home. I think you immediately ran upstairs, started eating your hot dogs, throwing them under your bed. (laughs) I went out to the backyard. Now, if you remember, Jeff, Mom and dad used to have a uh, kiddie pool in the backyard that was pretty good size. And it was the one with like the vinyl sides, the vinyl bottom. It was like the hard vinyl sides. Yep. But it was only about, gosh, I don't know, three feet tall, two, two and a half, three feet tall, something like that. It was a small one, but it was good enough to fill with hose water and lay in when it was hot. Well, what I did last day of fifth grade, you went upstairs doing what you're doing. I went in the backyard. I took my hovercraft. I took my tactical platform, the floaty one. I took those things in the backyard. I filled up the kiddie pool. I grabbed a bunch of my G.I. Joe figures. I think I grabbed the Cobra Moray, that red boat. Hopefully my time frame's accurate here because I seem to remember having those in that little kiddie pool. Threw all of those things in there and just had a blast, dude. I had a big old sea battle with my Joes. A bunch of them went in the drink, which I'm like, oh man. 
I wish I wouldn't have done that because I'm sure those O-rings are destroyed on those things now. But um, it was just a great memory of that I saw it. And as soon as I saw the killer whale, it was the first memory that popped in my head. Was sitting in the backyard in a kiddie pool with all these cool G.I. Joe floaty toys. And I'm thinking ahead to today. So kind of tying it into not only a nostalgia almost segment, but if I could play today, what would I take in the backyard swimming pool with me now? Because it's not a kiddie pool anymore. It's a full-size swimming pool. Dude, if I could get the original aircraft carrier, like to be a grown-ass man and own that now, I think would be hella baller. And to be able to take that into the swimming pool? Oh, dude. Now we're talking through like 16 hovercrafts on that thing. A bunch of the Sky Strikers. I could put every single G.I. Joe figure I owned on that thing and just have a hell of a time. But then I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. I'm 46. I'm going to be in my swimming pool playing G.I. Joes? Hell yes, I am, especially on the aircraft carrier. <laughs> so if I could play today, that's how I would roll. It was really cool because on Sunday morning, I texted mom and I said, Mom, you have all those pictures behind the chair, kind of in that bar area that was downstairs. And I said, can you go through a couple and see if there's any with Scott and I playing with toys or anything like that? And mom goes, yeah, I can go through that. All of a sudden she shows up at work on Tuesday and she hands me the pictures and I'm like, oh, I wasn't expecting you to do this now, but she was having a ball doing it because it was a nostalgia trip and a trip down memory lane for her and dad. So mom was just love doing it. So anyway, she pulled all the pictures aside. She brought them over and I sent them to you and Shannon first and Celeste. And you're like, dude, you got to post those. And I was all, I got your permission. You're like, yep. I'm like, cool, I'm posting them. Because there was the one with, like you said, with the Harry Pitts and stuff going on, but <laughs> I didn't want to post that one. So. There, it, it, dude, it's just such an awesome trip down memory lane looking at all these, like the 18 toys, the Masters of the Universe figures that were in there. Yes, those two. Thank you. It was so awesome. Now, here's the best part. Mom goes, here's just a couple I found. And I go, what? She goes, yeah, I still have another tote full of pictures. So there may be more toy pictures coming down the road. No doubt. Absolutely no doubt. Because that was the thing with dad is he always made sure to take a ton of pictures at holidays, birthdays, you name it. Halloween especially too. You name it. He he had the camera out. Like he was the ultimate tourist with his camera. Every trip, it was ridiculous. And when you're a teenager, you're like, ugh, gosh, knock it off. But as a father of two now, I totally get it. And then the added bonus is when your parents start going through older pictures, you get to see the process of yourself growing up. The even better part for us as figure podcasters is we get to talk about the old toys that were in a ton of those pictures. So I can't wait to see what else mom comes up with because there are going to be some doozies in there, dude. So there was a picture of you sitting in front of my dresser in my room. But if you look above over your left shoulder... In the picture, it'd be your, it would be your right. But if over your left shoulder, there was the yellow King of the Ring Hasbro ring set up. Okay. Also set up was some old San Francisco toy makers. There was Johnny B. Bad, and I forget who else is in the picture. Because what I used to do is I used to put the Hasbros up there. I don't remember putting the old San Francisco toy makers, but I would put the Hasbros up there. And as I've always said, the Hasbros just were so beautiful. I couldn't play with them. Yeah. It wasn't because I was old and I didn't want to play with figures. It was because the Hasbros just made better display pieces for me. So I always used to set them up on my dresser. 
uh, there was another picture of my old entertainment center and it had Brett series eight along with LOD up there. And then a bunch of sports memorabilia as well. Nice. So I did pick up another Jack's deluxe classic. I picked it up from eBay. Now I'm not going to reveal any sellers or anything like that. Now I need you to kind of coach me through this, Scott. Well, first off, let me commend you on filling holes. Good job. Oh, darn it. Now I'm starting to say it. You got me saying this. <laughs> Do people often use stock photos to sell something? They shouldn't. No, that in my book, that's 100% against the rules because you're not exactly representing what you're selling. Okay. So as I said, I'm not going to mention any sellers' names or anything like that on the show. But I did order the Mr. Perfect series two Jack's deluxe classic in the yellow singlet with the ponytail and the IC title. When I got it, the star was ripped. Oh no. Mm -mm. In the upper left-hand corner. Now I went back to the original posting and it looked like he used a stock photo or the, excuse me, this person used a stock photo. I did message him, but he did have something in his bio that said, when I say mint on card, I mean the item in the packaging is mint on card. Oh, come. Okay, dude. No, that's... Mm -mm. No, I, that, that would be reported. So when you... Because you pay PayPal, right? Correct. And you didn't do friends and family. You said goods and services, right? I don't know. Okay. Okay, because anything eBay purchase should never be friends and family. Like, literally, it shouldn't be friends and family unless you know them. Like when I did the G.I. Joe deal with Rev E. Hoops, that went uh -huh. friends and family because I knew he was good for it. Long time listener of the show. I knew he was good for it. But eBay is almost like dealing with a stranger, right? Unless you've bought from them before, then there's kind of a reputation that's built there. But if this is a new purchase off of a new person, always, always goods and services because you're protected. So with all of that said, go back to your PayPal transaction, check how you paid it, because if you didn't do friends and family, you're protected and you can actually force them to do the return or get a refund because uh, PayPal will actually just refund you the money and then go after the seller for it. His definition was mint on mint card meant that the card is perfect. And I'm like, whoa, where is this even coming from? I've never heard of MOMC. Uh, it's always been MOC. He said that in his description. So I did send the seller a message saying, hey, you know what, man? I understand you put M-O-M-C, but this isn't what I was getting in the photo, so. Okay, yeah, I should have asked that first. So you've already talked to the seller because I will go to the seller first to try to make it good. And if that doesn't go anywhere, then I go back to um, PayPal and I let them resolve it because just as a quick example, I had bought in a Disney collectible many years ago, got it, plugged it in. It was a carousel, plugged it in because it was supposed to turn. The thing immediately smelled like smoke and where you plug the little piece in the AC adapter turned black and started like smoldering. So I immediately unplugged it, contacted the seller. They told me that it was perfect when they gave it to me, no refund. Went through PayPal, PayPal went after him and I got my money back. So if the seller doesn't help you the way you wanna be helped, go through PayPal. Okay, so far I've contacted the seller. As I said, I'm not naming names or anything, but I did contact the seller to see if we can make this right or what's going to happen. So yeah, anyways, good man. yeah, that's the move. Give them the chance to make it right first. Absolutely. So that was it. I've added on to the Jack's Deluxe Classic with Mr. Perfect. So I'm inching closer. There's quite a few like Kane in series seven, six, seven, or eight. One of the two is one of the later series. Anyways, 
he is expensive as anything. He was like two hundred and ninety nine dollars, oh. and I'm like, oh no, Good no, Lord. thank you. That is a lot of money for just a deluxe classic. When I'm just trying to collect the mainline series, because Ringside also had like the Shawn Michaels and the Steve Austin. Like, I, right, right, th- right now those are just astronomical. I'm not even gonna be looking at those. Well, you're good on Series 1, as we talked about last week. Yep, and I'm only one away from collecting Series 2, so we're doing good. Not bad. I can't wait to hear next week about you filling holes. (laughs) Scott, we've got a little bit of news. What do you say we jump into it? Let's talk about it. Oh, you gonna learn today. Scott, before we get into the news, why don't you talk about our buddies over at Manscaped? Yeah, guys, head over to manscaped.com where you can find a ton of very, very cool products from their lawnmower, which is the body hair trimmer, the weed whacker, which you can use on your nose hairs, and you can get their incredibly comfortable boxer briefs. I swear by those things. I love them. In addition to their Shears 2.0 kit, which has scissors, it's got nail clippers, all sorts of good stuff in there. Everything you need to take care of yourself, head on over to manscaped.com and at checkout, anything and everything in your cart, save yourself 20% off by using code WFP20. Again, manscaped.com, use code WFP20, save yourself 20% off and get free shipping. Scott, why don't you go into your bit of news? Yes, I've actually got two bits of news this week before you get into wrestling figure speak. Thanks to good brother Mike, good old GBM, longtime friend of the show, a pillar of the Fig Life community. Thank you, GBM, for all you do, including this piece of news that you passed along to me regarding the G.I. Joe retro line. Somebody went in and decoded wave one and two of the G.I. Joe retro line. Now, keep in mind these retros are going to be similar to what they were in the 80s as far as we know. Three and three quarter inch, O-ring, holding them together, supposedly, I'm guessing, swivel arm, battle grip, all that good stuff. So G.I. Joe Retro Line, somebody decoded Wave 1 and Wave 2. Wave 1 is going to be Snake Eyes, Storm Shadow, The Baroness, and two vehicles, these are educated guesses, the Hiss Tank and the Awe Striker, which is kind of a little off-road vehicle. Wave 2, they decoded to be Destro, Roadblock, and Scarlet. So essentially, we're getting everybody that was in the classified series one except for Duke. And this is cool for me. Like, those are all big names that I'm going to be collecting. I'm going to be all over this retro line. We don't know yet if on the 17th, because this comes out Sunday, we're recording the day before the big announcement from both Hasbro Pulse and the Walmart collector site. We'll see what they have to say about the G.I. Joe retro line. They're going to have more news on it. I would assume pre-orders are going to go up live when they're doing the announcements, but we'll have to wait and see. So that is news on the G.I. Joe Retro line. Now, moving on to Super 7. Super 7 in their Ultimates line, which you'll know their Ultimates line if you follow the NJPW line that Super 7 does. They've recently done a Conan from the movie. They've done, obviously, as I mentioned, the NJPW line. Now they are opening up metal to their Ultimates line. And the first figure out of the shoot, King Diamond himself incredible looking it's exactly what you'd expect from a super 7 ultimate figure incredible packaging incredible detail on the figure if you want to pre-order them head over to super 7 now 45 bucks if you're a king diamond fan it's a must and i gotta say they've now opened up this door to the metal world for their ultimates give us the ghost figures oh those are very toyetic oh my gosh yes they can do all the different papas they could do the ghouls Give me ghost figures. Oh, I I should say, let me rephrase that. 
Give my wife ghost figures. <laughs> She'll buy all the ultimates. I promise. Dude, you sound like uh, Deontay. I love when he sent in that one audio. He's all, give me hard body Mahal. Remember that one? <laughs> <laughs> love Deontay, dude. <laughs> Deontay is such an awesome guy. And he actually just started up a YouTube channel. If you want to check it out, it's called Deontay Collects. Go subscribe on YouTube. Great show so far. Scott, moving over to wrestling figures. Jazzwares Unrivaled series. They showed off a commercial during AEW Dynamite this past week. Per the AEW commercial, they will be available at Walmart August 3rd. However, as of today... July 16th, Cody, Kenny, and Jericho went up for pre-order on Walmart's website. However, when you click the pre-order, it says it's shipping October 8th. Kind of a miscommunication there. We'll find out exactly here in the coming days what exactly it's going to be. We'll find out if it's going to be in stores August 3rd or if it's going to be shooting from Walmart's website October 8th. So we'll find out here in the next few days. As of recording, though, this is what happens. Uh, first off, I want to thank Vintage Jacks BCA. Thank you for these codes. Now, I know GBM does this on the Squared Circle Wrestling Figure Podcast, but I wanted to give you guys the codes as well. Now, here are the codes for Jazzwares Unrivaled Series. Here's the SKU for the Unrivaled Series. 737 369-577. Hopefully you wrote that down. For the SKU, it's 737-369-577. Now, here's the UPC. 191-726-376-880. And that is for the Unrivaled series. I'll be at Walmart. Plug that into BrickSeek. You can check your local Walmarts to see if anything has popped up. If you... Need to hit the 15 second rewind a couple times and jot those numbers down because you can plug those in to BrickSeek and check to see if any of those figures have popped up. But as of right now, you can only pre-order on Walmart.com, Jericho, Cody, and Kenny. Now that's as of today, Thursday, July 16th. If you want to pre-order those to make sure you got those in your cart, you'll have those on your door. Head on over there right now. Hopefully by the time the show goes up, the Bucks and Brandy will be available as well. It's nine, I believe it's 1987. If I'm not, well, the, not 1987, dude. But <laughs> the, the money, the currency, it will be nineteen dollars and eighty-seven cents. I wish it was 1987. Oh, easier times, dude. Oh, my hair ruled in 1987. Got WrestleMania three already behind us. Yeah, yeah. The LJNs were in full force. The bendies were in full force. The stretchums were in full force. We still had Remco's on the pegs. Ah, better times. So again, I want to thank Vintage Jacks BCA for sending that over. Scott, Nick Aldis, NWA heavyweight champion, Nick Aldis, signed a deal for a toy with Chelly Toys. Now, here is the info on Chelly Toys. It's a UK-based company. I did go to their website to get a little bit more information. On their website, it says their goal is to provide high-quality action figures and bring enjoyment to people who have the same passion as they do. We don't know anything yet. We just saw Nick Aldis tweeted out. He was holding up the contract. So Nick Aldis is getting a figure. This will be his, I believe, his first figure since the TNA Jax days. Do you think it's going to be in the six-inch scale like all the other figures on the market right now? I believe so. Yeah, that makes the most sense. I think it would be cool if they went like Hasbro form, but uh, I, I, that's just too much of a stretch, I think, if you're just going to do one figure. Now, if it becomes a, a steady line 
where they start signing other people to it, well, then things change a little bit. But I would bet first figure out of the shoot is going to be that six-inch scale. More than likely. That's where the money's at. Oh, it absolutely is. It's it's the market standard right now, and I don't see anybody veering off of that. And also, hopefully you guys downloaded it, but we had Chris DiPetrillo on a special interview this past week. So if you guys missed it, go listen to Chris's savage voice. That man can talk. He is awesome guest because he's one of those guests you just plop your feet up and you just let him go. Yeah, throw a question, kick your feet up. He's got you. But the big thing that he announced in the breaking news, FTC has signed Impact's own Rosemary, which is cool because FTC, and I said this to Chris, always does well on the face-painted figure. So I don't see Rosemary being any different. I'm excited for this figure. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see the pictures on it. We all know how good the Tomatonga figure was. So really, really excited to see how good Rosemary comes out. But also, there is a lot more information that you guys could go back and listen to. It just wasn't the Rosemary reveal. It, there was so much more that went into that interview. It was a lot of fun having Chris on, catching up with him. He did talk about the factories and how they're not running at 100%. And that's actually across the toy line right now. You know, due to the pandemic, everybody's running about 50%. Scott, we are going to round out the show with the listeners. And I just want to hear from my people. Tell me, can I hear from my people? I just want to hear from my people. And I just want to listen to the listeners. Scott, first question comes in from Christopher Dean. He says, hello, guys. I hope you are all well. Scott, I hope the new media hub is coming along well. I think he's talking about your man cave. Uh, yes, he is. And it is not ready yet. I would say we're about two to three weeks away from the media hub. Nice. I can't wait to see that. Me too. He says, I was intrigued by your discussion on what is considered an 80s toy and a 90s toy. Personally, I think they are a couple of factors that go into it. I don't think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are and are kind of an anomaly and started a major shift in consumer patterns. Although the Turtles started in syndication, they shifted to CBS, ushering in a new age of for cartoons and toys. The Rangers and Fox Kids and WB would soon follow suit. Toy lines had were part of big conglomerates or backed by them. Also, the toys were sold differently. Individual characters weren't as important as the brand as the Turtles were, everything but Ninja Warriors. The colors and themes were over the top. The first group of SWGI Joe and Motu had darker themes. Then the next wave mask, Transformers, Robotech, Voltron, and Thundercats still had elements of worlds being destroyed, perhaps influenced by the Cold War. But Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, as most of the world knows it, was a wacky good time like DuckTales. Oh, I love DuckTales. I did too. Great cartoon. Uh, actually, when we got Disney Plus, that was the first thing I did was watch DuckTales. Is Animaniacs on Disney Plus, or that's a WB thing, right? That was a WB thing. Okay, gotcha. As we moved into the 90s, cable took over cartoons, and it seemed with online gaming downturn. Do you guys see it differently? And I wonder how the audience feels. I don't think trends fit nearly from zero year to the year, example 80 to 90, and I think golden age of toy figs ended around 86. Sorry about the long format, but I'm curious how people view that time frame. Uh, for me, it's it's simply a matter of when did the toy come out right because even star wars for me i don't consider star wars to be an 80s toy because that came out in the 70s empire was in the or i should say empire strikes back 
Um, that was a 1980 film, but Star Wars originally came out in the late 70s. So, and I was collecting the toys in the in the 70s. So I don't really consider Star Wars really to be an 80s toy. It was really in its heyday in the 80s because then Return of the Jedi came out in 83, and that had a huge toy toy launch with it. But really, to me, it's it's almost when the brand launched. I guess is when I would classify that toy to fall into a certain decade. Mask, 100% 80s toy. Transformers, even though it was around a little bit longer, it it kind of morphed from other toy lines to become Transformers. By the way, if you want a great history lesson on Transformers, check out the toys that made us. They will break it down for you exactly how that came to be and how it kind of morphed into what we all know as Transformers Generation 1. It'll break that down on how it was inspired and how it came to be. G.I. Joe, to me, that was born in 82 in my lifetime because I didn't have old G.I. Joe figures growing up. And I'm talking like the 12-inch, like the Barbie-style ones that they make clear in the Toys That Made Us G.I. Joe episode because I went back and watched that one too. It's not a doll. It's an action figure. I didn't have any of those growing up. I had the Migos, the old DC and Marvel Migos because they pretty much made everybody under the sun. I think I had the Chips figures too. Migos to me, that's a 70s line, not an 80s line. Star Wars to me is more of a 70s than an 80s. Really, it's when that line came to be. But G.I. Joe, a real American hero that was born in 82 stood different enough from the original launch of G.I. Joe, which was more like the 12-inch scale. They changed the game. They changed the scale. That launched in in 82. So to me, G.I. Joe, a real American hero, because that does specify it as specifically the 1982 launch, G.I. Joe, to me, will always be an 80s toy. Same with Mask, same with Thundercats, same with Cops. Same with the muscle figures, if you want to start breaking it down there. Same with Garbage Pail Kids. But Turtles, because Christopher mentioned Turtles specifically, Turtles, the toy line, launched in 1988. And you know where I got our first set of Turtles figures, Jeff? Where's that? Castro Village Toy Shop. Boom. Yeah, John, I believe I called over there and I was waiting on him because I loved the comic. I loved how dark and violent it was. And then the toys came out and completely changed that dark tone of the comic and gave them all their own color. And it was incredible the way that they launched it off from this dark comic to be more kid-friendly and separate almost from what was the comic book. It was like two different sets of turtles. But because it launched in 88, I would consider it more of an 80s toy. But when they really, really hit their stride... I believe that first movie came out in 1990 and you could argue it either way as to if Turtles is a 90s toy or an 80s toy, but because it launched in 88, I'm going to call it an 80s toy, but it really didn't become the phenomenon that was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in all of their rock concert glory, live action rockin' turtles, right, from the early 90s. They really hit their stride in the 90s and that's when all of the toys started to go off the wall. They had the successful film franchise. So you could argue it either way. That's really the only one to me that you could sway on would be the Turtles. The Power Rangers is 100% 90s. Absolutely. DuckTales, if we could talk DuckTales, that's 100% 90s. So to me, the way I classify it, it's when that line was born. Was DuckTales 90 or was it 80s? I thought DuckTales was 90s. 
I could be wrong on that, but I thought it was 90s. I thought DuckTales was late 80s. Oh, really? Okay, well then, if that's the case, to me, that's 80s then. Scott, I have a quick question for you. Do you think toys can make a comeback? Because as we're noticing on the pegs, a lot of the 80s stuff is coming back. Transformers, comic book characters, you know, those have always been around, I should say. Wrestling figures, there's a lot of stuff from the 80s, Ghostbusters. Can toys make a comeback? Now, one thing I've noticed is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles had a strong comeback in the early 2010, 2011, 2012. Well, they always get rebooted. That's why they always have a strong comeback, because they reboot the franchise and they give them a different look. They launch another toy line. So that's why. So do you think toys can hit another stride or market? No, I I really don't think so. And I hate to say that, but I say it because the toy industry right now is being kept alive by franchises that were born when we were growing up. It was It's all 80s and 90s right now on the pegs. It's like a time machine when you go to Walmart or Target now. It's all the same stuff that's out there. There's very little new. And when there is new, it disappears quick. Nothing new sticks anymore. Everything keeps reverting back to the toys that we grew up with in the 80s. That's where all of the toy lines now are drawing their inspiration from. And who are they selling these toys to? A majority of those sales are going to us. We're the ones keeping the toys alive because it meant so much to us. And I know this is becoming like a running commentary every single week because there isn't that new toy line that's blown up that all the kids are racing to the store to get right all the kids right now are still sitting playing roblox or fortnite or you know whatever the the latest video game is or they're doing tiktoks and i know we talked about this last week but it bears repeating that there hasn't been that new line that's launched in fact masters of the universe jeff is getting ready to come back on netflix with a continuation of the original cartoon series. Kevin Smith is doing it. And it's going to be a continuation of what was the 80s. And here we go again. It And Transformers is coming back too, right? Again, they're rebooting Transformers. And it's, man, it, you want to see that new toy line that really grabs the kid's imagination and makes them want to go to the store and beg their parents to buy them the toys. I just don't see it. And like I said, when you do see new toys... They disappear so quickly. It's so discouraging that these guys are taking stabs at, and these guys being the toy industry is taking these stabs at new toy lines and they just don't latch on. The tried and true is what we grew up with. So my follow-up question is, is do they need a cartoon to back another toy line like we used to have back in the 80s? We had He-Man and, you know, we ran out to go get the toys from He-Man. You know, same thing with Mass, same thing with G.I. Joe, same thing with Transformers, whatever it is. Do the kids need a cartoon today to run out and get the toy? You know, it's interesting. When G.I. Joe took off in 82, it was not the cartoon. And you can learn about this on the toys that made us. It was not the cartoon that brought that line back. It was actually a comic book that brought those action figures to life. And which in turn, because of the sales of the action figures, spawned the cartoon which in turn spawned a crap ton of vehicles and action figures. I won't get into the history of G.I. Joe too much here, but with that said, G.I. Joe was born with a comic book. I wouldn't say a cartoon necessarily is going to be what launches the next big toy line. I don't think it's going to be a comic book either. It's got to be in some other media, a YouTube show, who knows, even a series of TikToks. Who knows what's going to be able to grab attention now? Because when we were growing up, it was cartoons and comic books. In the 90s, it was a syndicated TV show or a cartoon 
or a comic book still. 2000s, it started to change a little bit. Turtles, every time they come back, it seems it's it's because of a cartoon that they're rebooting. It's always the brand new Turtles, and they have a different look. Here's a whole toy launch behind it. It's got to be something different now, right? I don't think it's the whole tried-and-true comic book and or cartoon and or syndicated TV show. It's got to come from a different media now because I, I don't know for sure, but it seems to me kids are not watching cartoons as much. And if they are, it's probably Tom and Jerry or the old cartoons that we grew up with. I, it's got to come from a different media now that's going to be able to spawn the new toys. I just, I, I don't see it. And I hate to say that because that's Debbie Downer. We're the ones keeping the toy industry alive right now. I know that, but they've got to look for the next thing. And I don't know what that is, but it has to come from a different media. I don't think it's going to be cartoons. I don't think it's going to be comic books, at least for the toys that the kids are going to buy, not the toys that we're going to buy. And like Scott said, we've talked about this last week, but I was kind of curious, to, what do they need to get the toys revamped? Is it a cartoon? Is it is it a YouTube show like you just said? There's got to be something that could trigger a kid's mind to be like, oh man, I need to go get the toys and then I get to play with them and stuff like that. Well, and even to that point, Jeff, there's a YouTube channel and I, I, I can't remember the name of it exactly. It's like D, DFG TV or something like that. They had a line of toys come out. And I don't think anybody was really clamoring to get them because every time I went to Walmart, they were sitting on the pegs. Every time I went to Target, there they were sitting on the pegs. So that was a YouTube show that spawned a toy line. And as far as I know, it didn't really go anywhere. I could be totally wrong, but to me, seeing them on the pegs all the time, it wasn't really doing that well. So even coming from a YouTube show that didn't translate to sales. So I don't know where the next inspiration is going to come from. I really don't. I just don't see it being from the tried and true cartoon slash comic book slash syndicated show. It's got to be a different media this time. Christopher, did we answer your question? (laughs) What was Christopher's question anyways? (laughs) Thank you, Christopher. It's always a pleasure talking to you, my friend. Scott, before we go any further, I forgot to put this in the news. So we kind of have a little bit of breaking news. Oh, lovely. I love when this happens. We need music. <laughs> Celeste hates this. <laughs> oh, I love it. Keep going. <laughs> Anyways, this comes from They Are Action Figures in Delaware. They always put up some names when they get a list in. It just says Elite Collection. It doesn't have any context, anything behind it. It doesn't have any Elite line, any number, or anything like that. But it just says Edge 2020, Drew McIntyre, Velveteen Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Oh. Michael Hayes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sasha Banks. King Corbin. Dude, Michael Hayes. So they are action figures always post some names when they get a list in to order from. They posted this list again and it has the WWE Elite Collection logo in the background with those names. Dusty, I'm curious which one they're going to go with. I'm really curious. They've done the Mattel Elite Legends where he was in the polka dots. They did the Dusty with the WCW ring. Curious which way they'll go with Dusty again. But Michael Hayes, dude. Wow. So this is Michael Hayes' first figure since the Jack Classic Superstars 3-pack, right? That would be correct. Wow. That is so awesome. Okay, so you got to have flamboyant Michael Hayes in the long robe, the long hair, the beard. Not Doc Hendricks. We don't want that. We want... Freebirds, Michael Hayes, please. Who knows? Maybe they got Jimmy Jam Garvin in there and a pair of them together and have the eye makeup like the Galoobs. So I'm 100% on board with that. And in fact, I believe I predicted 
that the Freebirds would be shown in some way, shape, or form. Is that not correct? I believe you did. I think they were on my list a couple weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. We talked about it, and I wanted to see Freebirds. We're getting half of them. If that list is true, we're getting half. I hope it's Freebirds, Michael Hayes. Even better if we get Jimmy Jam to put with them. And the NWA tag titles, please. Oh, actually, NWA has the rights to the NWA tag titles, so they wouldn't be able to do that. But aren't we getting the NWA United States belt? We're getting the WCW United States belt. Fine, give us the WCW tag belts. We'll settle for that. The ones that the Hollywood Blondes? Yes. Okay. I will settle for that. If I have to, I will. Thank you. They are Action Figures Delaware. Follow them on Instagram. You can just do a Google search form. Type in They Are Action Figures Delaware. Scott, last question of the week comes in from Josh Thompson. Hey, Jeff and Scott, JT here. This week, I want to give some last-minute predictions to what we're going to see from AEW at San Diego Comic-Con. The legends in the basic line will be explained in more detail. Also, Orange Cassidy, Ortiz, Santana, Marco Stunt, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, Wardlow, Joey Janela, and Sean Spears will have their figures revealed in some form or fashion. They will also talk about playsets in the future. Another Cody figure with a TNT belt will possibly be confirmed in some way. And info on two packs. But what do you guys think? We already kind of went over this last week with our San Diego Comic-Con predictions. The TNT title, that's so new. I don't even know if they would have a rendering for that. Most likely not. We're probably going to have to wait until a little bit later in the year to get that one. But I really hope we get to see all the championships that they have come out with the figures. Play sets are a given. Jeremy's running the line. Jack's had a bunch of play sets. So it only makes sense that the AEW line is going to get them as well. And Wicked Cool Toys is part of this as well. And they always put out good rings. Yeah, for sure. So that's going to be exciting. They've already announced two rings. So hopefully there's more to go along with it. A backstage play set. Who knows what, what they're going to have up their sleeve. But Jeremy had a ton of play sets under his Jack's umbrella. I don't expect any different from Jazzwares. Scott, that rounds out the show a little bit shorter this week, but we got San Diego Comic-Con coming up next week, so I have a feeling that's going to be a longer show. It's good to keep things short and sweet before our marathon. Right to the point. But also, I'd like you guys to check out WrestlingToyTracker.com. Over there, you can check out the prices of LJNs, Galoobs, Hasbros, Just Toys Bendums, Defining Moments, Retros. So check out WrestlingToyTracker.com or Toy underscore tracker on twitter also check out toy hype usa.com on twitter as well they've got a lot of good info stuff over the going on over there so check them out scott eagle moss yes if you have a pop culture or wwe fan in your life and you need a gift for that certain someone head on over to eagle moss give them a follow on twitter at hero collector underscore they have a ton of cool properties under their umbrella from Battlestar Galactica to DC and, of course, to WWE. They've got a bunch of legends, a bunch of current day superstars. They make statues of them, full color box, full color magazine on the back side of the box, clear front display. You can see the statue perfectly in the front, and the statues look fantastic. Again, Eagle Moss, give them a follow on Twitter at Hero Collector underscore. I'm going to throw it back to the podcast buddies. I'm going to throw it back to Breaker and Bane over there. They do a great show over at Breaker and Bane's Power Hour where they do toy talk, wrestling talk, movie talk, comic talk, everything under the sun. And they have a guest in each week where they just rounded up with Steve from the PPW podcast. We'll get to him later, but also check out Breaker and Bane's 
Power Hour, and also check out their awesome new shirt over at whatamaneuver.net. I'm going to be picking that up here shortly. I already did. Oh, you did? I already picked mine up. I got a tank top because you know the rule of summer. Sun's out, gun's out, and maybe bun's Sun? out. <laughs> well, that's only with a few Jaeger shots, right? A few. Yes, a few. So check out Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Also check out Breaker's Back to the Nintendo on iTunes as well. Eric and Barry over at Doing the Favor have a fantastic website that's free. All you have to do is go over there, sign up with your email, log in, and be part of their community that will help you or you can help someone to find figures that people can't find in their area. Also check out their show, Doing the Favor, on iTunes or head on over to their website, doingthefavor.com. Steve at the PPW podcast has a great show, Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's a fantastic show that they will look back at old school shows like WrestleMania 9 they just did. Steve is doing the content creator stuff. It's fantastic. PPW podcast or Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast on iTunes. Each week, Marty and Sarah welcome in their buddies. Ryan Buds does trivia with Buds Daily. Also, check out our third episode over at Lucha Libre Figures and Facts, where we have the great Eric Arana from Boss Fight Studios talking about individual Lucha figures. We just had Vampiro on a couple weeks ago. Go check that out. It's a lot, a lot of fun. I think you guys will enjoy it. Check out RJ over at Ringside Rant and check out Marty and Rucker, love Rucker over there, over at Boots to the Faces. A fun, fun show. Rucker's got that sweet velvety voice that just soothes you, Scott. So check out Boots to the Faces. Scott, roll call. Yes, Jeff. And of course, we started off every single week. You guys know the drill. The great Jason Wolf himself. Give him a follow on Twitter at JasonWLF if you need artwork Jason is your guy. We mentioned him earlier in the show. We're mentioning him again. Can't say enough good things about him because when you contact him to get artwork done, he's fast, he's professional, he's courteous, and your artwork comes out perfect. You give the guy an idea and he takes it and multiplies it by 100, turns it into exactly what you wanted and more. Jason Wolf on Twitter at JasonWLF. And Jeff, I want to throw it out this week to some figure photographers. First up on Twitter, at Verbal Soz, S-O-Z-E-3-7. Great dude. Give him a follow again, at Verbal Soz. Jeff is awesome, dude. I've met him twice in uh, Chicago. Just a great, great guy. And next up, Jeff, James Bowen. And this is his new account. He used to be the Abe LinkedIn. This time, James Bowen's new account is at A L. I photo nine two and rounding out your group of figure photographers this week, the great WWE stage creator. Give him a follow on Twitter at stage creator WWE and Jeff that rounds out roll call. Scott, it is the week before San Diego comic-con. I will be exhausted, but so happy with what we see. And I know it's going to be a good one this year. It's like when you wake up Thursday morning you know exactly what's coming that day. A ton of new figures. It's it's almost like opening up packages, right? Because we didn't know these names were coming. We maybe have an idea, but we didn't know for sure. But you get to see the figure. You get the name. It's like opening up all these little presents on Thursday and Friday, maybe Saturday and Sunday. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, I'm with you, dude. I cannot wait. This is one of the best times of the year to be a figure collector, if not 
the best time of the year to be a figure collector. I know you're going to be excited for G.I. Joe. If they do show Mask, hypothetically, would you be excited? Oh, I'd be more than excited. And a lot of the anticipation for me with Mask is, we talked about it last week, what scale is it going to be in? Do you go the old school small so you can keep the vehicle sizes small and maybe make bigger play sets? Or do you have to abide by the rule of the market now with the six inch scale? That doesn't translate well to vehicles and Mask's big draw was the vehicles, partly the play sets as well. So I don't think the six inch scale plays for Mask. They're going to have to figure something else out. But again, this is all anticipation. What's it going to be? Hopefully we do see Mask. Yes, of course I'm excited about G.I. Joe. The Transformers line is going to relaunch with some new stuff. And man, what a great time to be a collector. An even better time because San Diego Comic-Con is next week. Well, we look forward to delivering the show next week. But for now, Scott, anything else? Stay safe. Stay healthy. Fig life since 2016. And happy toy hunting. I want to thank everyone for listening to episode 235. Hashtag fig life and hashtag one fig community. Adios. Let's go! Jeff and Scott, the Tomb Brothers, busting out the ring. But we don't take it out the box, MOC. Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week. With the OGs of WFP. Fully poseable, thank you all for listening. It ain't no storyline, real life siblings. So everybody go and do your toy spotting. Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the Kings.